I wanna share with you the opening lines to one of my all-time favorite stories, A River Runs Through It by Norman MacLean. Uh, the story is set in the early 20th century and focuses on one particular family, and the narrator of the story is the oldest son. Here's how it begins. In our family, there was no clear line between religion and fly fishing. We lived at the junction of Great Trout Rivers in Western Montana, and our father was a Presbyterian minister and a fly fisherman who tied his own flies and taught others. He told us about Christ's disciples being fishermen, and we were left to assume, as my brother and I did, that all first-class fishermen on the Sea of Galilee were fly fishermen, and that John, the favorite, was a dry fly fisherman. A paragraph later, McLean writes, As a Scot and a Presbyterian, my father believed that man by nature was a mess and had fallen from an original state of grace. As for my father, I never knew whether he thought God was a mathematician, but he certainly believed God could count, and that only by picking up God's rhythms were we able to regain power and beauty. Oh, I love that line. Only by picking up God's rhythms were we able, are we able to regain power and beauty. Maybe that's why I love to fish. It's an opportunity to pick up those rhythms. Fishing is slow. You cannot rush fishing. And for me, it's all about paying attention in a different way than I usually pay attention. And it's about being attentive to light and movement and breath and the space in between things. So I'm not at all surprised that Jesus chose fishermen as his first disciples. Now, I realize that they fish for a living, and that's different than fishing for fun. But I'm still betting that they know things other people don't know. Um, they know how to pay attention. They know how to be patient. Uh, they know how to listen more than they speak. Well, the day in question, Peter and his colleagues aren't having any luck. Uh, they've been out on the water all night and all of their experience and know-how has given them produced pretty much nothing. Um, Jesus, on the other hand, has been having a, a, a really good day, um, a, a good teaching day, and he commandeers Peter's boat uh, so that he can have a better platform from which to communicate with those on the shore. And, and while on the boat, um, he says to Peter, uh, put out into the deep water and lay down your nets for a while. Well, um, Peter responds, he, he says, um, Master, we've worked all night long, but have caught nothing, yet if you say so, I will let down our nets. In other words, I'll humor you because you seem like a well-meaning guy, um, but uh, I have not, and I have nothing to lose, but there is no way this is gonna work. It works. In fact, uh, after doing what Jesus tells them to do, uh, the disciples are, are so successful, they bring in so many fish uh, that the boat is about to sink. Uh, so what a great thing. I mean, a boat full of fish, isn't that every fisherman's dream? But Peter, instead of, oh, I don't know, thanking Jesus, instead he says, um, go away from me, Lord. 
Now, in the original Greek, literally, Peter says, get out of my neighborhood. Why does Peter say that? Now, Peter is clearly thrown by all the fish and not thrown in a good way. Uh, my theory is that Peter believes that his competence is threatened by Jesus. Because um, Peter, with, with all of his years of experience and know-how, he can't catch a thing. And Jesus, the novice, gives him advice that makes them wildly successful. Um, so Jesus' success leaves Peter feeling foolish and incompetent. Now, do you prefer feeling competent or incompetent? That is a ridiculous question because all of us prefer competence. Uh, we choose and lean into activities and professions where we can exercise uh, competence. We tend to avoid people who make us feel incompetent um, because competence feels good, um, especially, especially when that competence is, is put in service to God's work in the world. Um, there's really nothing better um, than having our gifts and skills used in service to furthering God's kingdom. A competence, it, it, it's a good thing. It was a youth trip. And three of the young adult leaders that were on that trip were certified rock climbing instructors. Uh, so we devoted a day to that activity. Um, now, I, I decided to not participate in order for everyone else to have ample opportunities to do so. It was really a, a selfless move on my part. Um, but it, at some point in the day, everyone had done as much as they wanted to and, and the youth group kind of ganged up on me and said, give it a try. So I, I said, sure, yeah. And um, you know, I had spent much of the day imagining just how difficult and terrifying this would be. And you know what? <laughs> It was even more difficult and terrifying than I had imagined. You see, I am just uniquely ill-equipped to rock climb. Well, somehow I, I made it up about 15 feet um, uh, before um, thinking um, to myself, um, what are the kids thinking of me as they, as, they, as they look up? I mean, they look up to me um, and they're so used to seeing me operate out of my competence. So I, I think this, this really needs to come to an end. Uh, so I glared at Dave, uh, the young adult who was holding onto the rope that was holding me to the rock face. And I, I said, um, Dave, please let me down. And, and I think I, I said it in a way that, that really didn't encourage any discussion or further conversation. Um, but Dave calmly looked up at me and said, um, no, I, I think you should go a little higher. Now, I'm, I'm not going to have an argument with the person who's holding the rope that's holding me onto the rock face. So I decided to give it a try. Um, um, but then I, um, I went to move my left leg. And my, my left leg now had a life of its own. It was shaking that badly. Um, I, I felt scared, foolish, uncertain, incompetent. You know, it, it kind of sounds like the moment we are in now. 
just when we think the pandemic is winding down or we think we have finally figured out uh, ways we can cope with it, um, something happens and, and we find ourselves once again exposed, uncertain, exhausted, incompetent. It's kind of like we're all on that exposed rock right now. And what, we're just supposed to, to keep going, keep climbing, go higher? Well, back to my, to my story. I was all set to yell at Dave one more time to let me down when I heard the voices. Um, the entire youth group was down below. And they were all looking up and they were all offering me words of encouragement. Um, uh, you can do it. We know it's scary. We believe in you. Looking down at their smiling, supportive faces, I, I knew I had to try. And, and with their support and, and really just a hefty pull from Dave on that rope, um, I managed to get a little bit higher. Um, and I moved well beyond my comfort zone. Now, I think Jesus is calling the disciples to do something similar. He's inviting them to follow him and then invite others to do the same. And he invites them to live a life shaped by God and God's priorities. So I think that's why Jesus calls them in this way. That incompetence you're feeling right now, uh, get used to it. Are you feeling out of your comfort zone? Get used to it. Uh, the skills and experiences that you already have, they'll come in handy, but not as often as you might wish or hope for. And here's the thing. So often the best stuff we get to do as individuals and as a church community, uh, that is rooted not in our competence, but rather in our trust. Our trust in God's care, our trust in one another, our trust that, that at the end of the day, God is faithful and reliable and the Lord of the church. And following Jesus, is that anything, is that ever any, anything anyone feels competent in doing? I mean, trying to integrate God's priorities into our daily life, is anyone super proficient at that? I mean, who doesn't need to take a deep breath before saying to a coworker, hey, would you ever have any interest in going to church with me? Uh, or who doesn't feel uncertain of themselves before initiating a conversation about money and faith with a good friend? And who doesn't feel a bit awkward when they say to their child, um, before you go to bed tonight, can we pray together? I know that hasn't been our habit, but I think it might be a good thing for both of us. Oh, I don't think any of us feel proficient in that work. And, and I suspect that many of us assume that other people are better at this than we are, uh, that other people in the church have been sent some kind of guidebook on how to do all these things, and our guidebook book got sent to the wrong address. Um, so why do Peter and the others say yes to Jesus' invitation. Why don't they just say, um, no thanks. <laughs> I will stay right where I am, where I can feel competent 
and be in charge of my little corner of the universe? Well, maybe they say yes, because feeling competent can't measure up to feeling called and claimed. And what is safety compared to purpose? And that's what Jesus is offering them, a life of purpose and meaning and community and service. They say yes, because the whole enterprise smells of God. For Peter and for the others, this is an opportunity to pick up God's rhythms, to pay attention to the space in between things. So they say yes to God, knowing that no one is particularly good at this God stuff, but we're in it together. We get to feel awkward together. We get to feel incompetent together. Later on that uh, rock climbing day, I found Dave. Are you mad at me? Dave asked me. No, I said. Thank you for making me go higher. I could have just as easily uh, said thank you for taking me out of my need to be competent. Thank you for pushing me out of my comfort zone. Thanks for helping me hear the voices of others. You can do it. We know it's scary. We believe in you. Who needs to hear that right now? Every healthcare worker, every teacher, every parent of young children, um, every waiter, every childcare worker, every delivery person. I mean, really, who on planet Earth right now doesn't need to hear those words? So today, right now, I invite you to hear those words and to hear Jesus' invitation to you. We can't do this alone. We do this work together. We encourage one another. We say, you can do it. We know it's scary. We believe in you. Amen.